Thank you for listening to the Renovate Life Church of God's broadcast. Here's today's message from our pastor, James Demmel. Ezekiel 36, 27. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and ye shall keep my judgments and do them. The word spirit is there. Hosea 6 and 3. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former unto this earth. Now watch this, Proverbs one twenty three. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. Isaiah 28 and 9. I got to stop here. When you... Now, I've been on a kick for a few weeks because I'm upset at the church world. I'm ticked off. I'm ticked off because there's people all over America that are preaching baloney and trash and their churches are packed and people don't know the real word of God. Okay, well, you can amen me, but you don't know how bad it is. Now, you want to talk about a pandemic? We got a pandemic in the church. It's a pandemic of men puffing themselves up and being prideful and not reading the Word of God, not standing by the true Word of God. So listen, Proverbs 1.23, Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my Spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. If you are not hearing the true, unadulterated Word of God, God cannot make His words known to you. If you are listening to a man, if you are listening to a preacher, well, what is that telling you? You better get into the Bible and find out if what I'm saying is the truth. Because there are American preachers all over the United States that are not preaching out of pulpits what God told us to preach. Isaiah 28 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Well, let's see, because line upon line. And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Verse 10. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little, there a little. Verse 11. For with stammering lips, wait a minute. What did he say? Whom shall I he teach knowledge? In verse 8, verse 9, excuse me. Whom shall he teach knowledge? Then we jump down to verse 11. With stammering lips and what? Will he speak to his people? He's not talking about being Spanish. He's not French. He ain't Japanese, Chinese, or Korean. For stammering lips in another tongue will he speak to his people. Verse 12. To whom he said, This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. How are you going to rest? Let's go back to verse 9. Whom shall he teach his knowledge? When you understand the knowledge of God, he will make you to rest. But your lips are going to stammer and you're going to have another tongue come out of your mouth. Why? Because you're up close to the cross. Are you following what I'm saying? When we take a view of Jesus Christ and we're not worried about any other deity or any other thing, when we begin to look at him, our knowledge changes and then we begin to rest in him. There's a bunch of people sitting in this room that's tired. You're physically tired you're mentally tired you don't know what to do you don't know where to go it's not up from here it's down for you and I need you to understand today if you'll get a hold of Jesus Christ he will give you the rest that everyone in this world is searching for to whom he said this is the rest wherewith 
ye may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. That they would not hear. I want to read it again. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. Pastor, I'm weary. I'm so sick of hearing I'm weary because all you got to do is get into the word of God and you'll find rest. And this is the refreshing. You ever needed a drink so bad that you would about lick it off the floor? And when someone gives me, there's been times someone has given me a drink and I've been shaken to put it to my mouth. You ever been there? I think some people need to be there one time in their life. It's refreshing. Yet, they would what? Not hear. The statesman prophet Isaiah says in Isaiah 44 and 3, For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessing upon thy offspring. Jesus states in John 7, 37, In the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. I don't know if you're thirsty right now. I don't know if you need, got, need things to gush forth in your life. I don't know if you're happy or if you're sad. I don't know if you think you're having a good time or if you're broken. But I'm talking to anyone who's thirsty in the room. John 7, 37, the end of the, end of the verse, let him come unto me and drink. John 38, he that believeth on me. Now here's where we have a lot of diversity. He that believeth on me, what does the Bible say? Read it together with me. As the hath said. It's not what your priest said. It's not what your pastor said. It's not what your spiritual guru told you. The Bible tells us, He that believeth on me as the scripture. Why would he say that? Well, pastor, why in the world would he say that? Because he is what? The word that was made flesh and dwelt among us. Why, if Jesus Christ is really the word, would he want you to be reading and following anything else? Because if he, now watch, if he said it, it is law. Well, I mean, I can take it and weave it. Don't really care for that verse. I'll just skip it. That's what we do. If we don't like it, we avoid it. See, we know we can't take it out. We know we can't get rid of it. But we don't like it. You ever had a fight or an argument with your spouse? What do men do? She comes. She throws six kinds of fits. You don't want to deal with it. So all of a sudden you get quiet. Let me give you a tip. Get quiet and clean. She can't argue with you doing the dishes. Well, why do we do it? Because we want to avoid it. He that believeth on me as the scripture hath said. I want to point this out. Out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. If and only if you believe on him as the scripture hath said. Do you know why we got a million and five denominations in this world? Because we believe what we want to believe. We have not believed what the scripture hath said. 
You cannot believe in Jesus and believe in him wholeheartedly if you do not believe what the scripture hath said. Okay. It's not what grandma said. It's not even what grandpa said. You know, I like Google. It's not what Google said. It's not what the TV evangelist told you. It's what the scripture said. Now, throughout the Bible, the scripture promises that there's going to be a day of Pentecost. We find this day in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord, or one mind and one accord. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, excuse me. And it's not a Honda. Verse 2. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. And and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them. Now, if they're writing this, do you think they could see it? Watch. And there, what? Appeared. Unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon all of them. And they were all what? Filled. You got verse 4 up there? Get verse 4 up there. And they were all filled with what? The Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them. As the Spirit gave them. Not the pastor. He didn't give you utterance. Google, you couldn't, can't Google it. Firefox don't have anything on it. Some of you will get that in a minute. None of you can understand unless the Spirit gives utterance. The Spirit of God comes upon you. The Spirit of God is in you. And it gives you utterance. Some ten years later, in Acts chapter 10, when it was written, Peter is addressing the house of Cornelius. The world of the Gentiles. And he said, I perceive God as no respecter of persons. That means God does not discriminate. That means that (laughs) all of God's people are of all of God's people. Well, I don't like this lady because she's a homosexual. Well, that's God's people. I don't like this person or that person because they're red, yellow, black, or white. Well, that's God's people. It's ridiculous the way people are acting. The Bible says that they were all sitting in the house and he filled them. And they began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. That's some 10 years later. They began to speak with the word. Now watch this because this word carries weight. I want to talk to you about the law of first mention. In the word of God, whatever word you find at the very beginning of that word, you find that it never changes its definition. How did God do that by accident? There's some hundred scholars or more that wrote the Bible, all different parts of the United States of America. Well, they went in America, hello. All over the world, they wrote the Bible. 
but the definition retains its value all throughout the word of God. How does that happen? Do you think that's an accident? Now watch. They begin to speak in the glossia. G-L-O-S-S-A is the word. It's the original Aramaic word, the oldest language. Or they say glossolalia. I may not even be saying it right. I played it a million times. Do you know what the word means? A language, not natural. Not acquired by the normal tongue. They begin to speak things that they did not learn in a classroom. They did not speak things that they had learned from their French teacher. They did not speak things because they had sat down in Spanish class. This was a language that was not relevant to them until it was. Now... They began to speak a language they didn't understand, they didn't know, they had never heard before. A lot of people get all tongue-tied and they call that speaking in tongues. That's of the devil. When you speak in tongues, they still say it's of the devil. Does the Bible say anywhere that when they spoke in tongues that the devil was talking? Please show me if, if you found it. That's what people say. Tongues are of the devil. Let me give you another one. Tongue were, tongues were for the old prophets. Where do we find the book of Acts? Oh, you guys are good. But they believe it. We don't understand it and we don't proclaim it and we don't stand against people that talk any different about it. We just act like, well, it's okay. Do you know why? Because we're scared to death to tell someone we're Pentecostal. Do you know why? Have you uh, go home and do this for me? Do you want to get a good laugh after service? Go home, get on YouTube. And just type in one word, Pentecostal. Crazy. That's what you're going to find. Now, the last time I checked, the Bible tells us that the Spirit of God is a gentleman. He's never going to push anything on you. You want me to tell you why the church is not Pentecostal today? Because they don't want the Spirit of God, so the Spirit of God is not going to work through you. I'm just talking to you tonight. But the Bible says, as the Spirit gave them utterance, they begin to speak. When, when man's opinion, before man's opinion gets in the middle of it, people just begin to speak in tongues. Can you imagine? But then all of a sudden, what the Bible says, as Peter spoke, they come fumbling out of the upper room. And you got some goofball, hey, look, they're drunk. Peter said, they're not drunk as ye suppose. Because when the Spirit of God gets on you, listen to me, when the Spirit of God is in you, you're going to do things that are not natural to you. Now, I don't think we understand that. Because, see, before I knew Jesus, I did a lot of crazy things. As a matter of fact, I was just like everybody else, Don Sheets. 
I went to the bar. I, I, I went to the nightclub. If I, if I wanted to smoke some weed, I would smoke some weed. I would do whatever I wanted. But I began to be peculiar when Jesus Christ stepped into my life. I began to act unnatural because that is not natural to the general population. Are you following me? We get all knotted up over stuff, but we just need to read the Word of God. To your co-workers, Pentecost is crazy. Because they don't know. A veil covers their face. Your friends. Where are you going to church at now? Renovate light. Oh. You're going down there. Have I ever told you the story? I was at the... Do you know we got prostitutes in MacArthur? Blew my mind. I sat down next to this lady. She's just talking, talking, talking. What are you in for? I said, I got a speeding ticket. I said, what are you in for? She said, uh. I said, what do you mean, uh? I told you. She said, um, what do they call it? What do they call it? And I said, prostitution? Or she said, prostitution? And I was like, oh, yeah. Like here in MacArthur? She said, yeah, like right in town. I was like, oh. She just kept right on talking. She said, where'd you come from? I said, oh, I came from church. She came from church. Yeah. She started talking about, I didn't even answer. She started talking about churches in the area. Have you heard about Renovate Life down the street? (laughs) Yeah. I said, yeah, I have. Oh, I don't know about that place. she, She said, I wouldn't go there if I were you. I said, I have to. She said, well, why? I said, I'm the pastor. (laughs) Sometimes people are going to think you're crazy. But I need you to understand that when God drew you out, you don't do what's natural anymore. You don't walk the same places you don't do. Now, I hear all the time, well, I'm not going to do that because the pastor told me not to. I hate to tell you, but everything I preach comes right from this book. And just because I carry an iPad does not mean that it's not the King James Bible or whatever Bible you want to use that is applicable to this word. But if you need another crutch, just say I use an iPad. I've heard that too. He can't be anointed. He uses an iPad. So many times I've been in different places and God would move through me. There's many instances like that in my life. You should be able to identify instances in your life too. And what I need you to understand is I've been in places where, uh, as a matter of fact, I went to a revival. Let me just tell you this story and help myself a little. I went to this revival And the Spirit of God just began to flow and people were were being filled with the Spirit. And I was standing there. And these two men from Africa that had just flown in two days before were standing right next to me. And they began to speak in tongues. Now, let me me just be real honest with you. I'd been in the church my whole life, a Pentecostal church, and I wasn't sure. I wasn't picking up what they were laying down. I wasn't like the rest of my family. Okay, God. See, I'm one of those people that God has to show me for myself. I'm standing there. 
Because that's a good thing to do. You know, you're a good son if you go to church, you keep your mom from off her knees so much. But my mom was drove to her knees a little more because of my sister. <laughs> and so I helped her any way I could. And I was standing there, and the Spirit of God moved, and, and everybody was coming up to the front, and I was standing next to these two men from Africa, and, and they didn't know a, a word of English. Because I'm just goofy enough to walk up to them and say, Hi, how are you doing? My name's James. What's your name? And they look at me. You ever talk to someone that don't know the language you know? They always get one word. Do you know what that word is? Yes. 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 And they do it with a smile because they think you'll just shut up if they say yes. Yes. And so I finally said after, I don't know, a 20-minute conversation, you don't speak English, do you? And he said, yes, yes. <laughs> Spirit of God began to move. People began to come to the altar. They began to speak in other tongues. Those two men began to speak English. You want, you want me to tell you, why would they speak English? They didn't know. They were looking at each other because they had no idea what they were saying. And from that day forward, I knew that the power of God was real. You can't fake it. You can't look pretty. You, the power of God is so real that it will transform the heart of a sinner. Are you hearing me? And you don't have to do one thing. I've got family members that think I'm nuts. But I know it's real. Now, your Bible and my Bible says the same thing. It says they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I don't have time to go into that deeply. But I do have time to do this. Pentecost has always been in the heart and the plan of God. I want to read you some scripture. I hope you can see this prophetically. Deuteronomy 16.16. 16. Where is this found at? The Old Testament. Three times in a year shall all the males appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose. In the feast of unleavened bread and in the feast of weeks, which is the same as the feast of Pentecost. And in the feast of tabernacles, and they shall not appear before the Lord empty. There are three things I want you to see here. I, sometimes... I get to running and jumping and screaming, and I'm okay with that. But number one, people think that you don't have enough sense to talk. I'm sorry, but I want to be crystal clear, so I need you to pay attention tonight. I'm not going to run and jump. Oh, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> the first one, they were supposed to go three times a year. They were to celebrate these feasts and understand that there are a parallel that follows. Number one is the uh, Gregorian calendar of the growing season. This is all found in Deuteronomy. Now, prophetically, the, the Feast of Passover celebrated the seed planting. It was the start of the time of the agricultural year. You see our, our farmers out and they're on their, their, their first, they begin to till the ground and then you see them out and a lot of our farmers around here begin to plant by hand. The people would come together and they would celebrate the seed planting time and they would seed plant together as communities. Prophetically, that's the fulfillment of the cross. 
during Passover when they were sacrificing those lambs and Jesus outside the wall was being crucified for all humanity, the Bible says. The seed was being planted. It was the seed of salvation. Are you following me? So they went to Passover. The second thing requires the feast, the feast of Pentecost or such as the Passover or the Feast of Weeks. It was celebrated at the midpoint of the agricultural season. I want you to understand this for me. It was a time with the first fruits when there was a beginning bud on on the, the plant. Are you hearing me? It was a hope of the fulfillment of the harvest. Okay? But the fruit had not yet come. It was just a bud. The time of Pentecost was the affirmation of the time of Passover and tabernacles. It was a time for the Feast of Weeks of Pentecost when all the males would, every year they would come together, the Bible says, and, and they would represent the hope that God supplied. Are you hearing me? Not a God, the God. Like the Ohio State. There's only one. Some of you got it. It was not an idea of man. It was not some crazy idea for some religious organization or for some religious gathering. It was planted by God. Listen, they they didn't get together and fold their legs and hum like some little fat guy. Do you hear what I'm saying? It was all planned on the timeline of God, and God laid this out because it was an understanding of who he was. Somewhere along the way, we've lost this. But I need you to understand, it was always in the plan of God. It's not an afterthought. This was part of the plan of God in the very beginning. And then as Christianity is established, God began this understanding of outpouring. Now watch. The season of outpouring is the mid-season of Pentecost. The third piece that is referenced in Deuteronomy 16.16, if you study, was the Feast of Tabernacles. It was prophetically fulfilled at the end of the age and came from the Lord. It's when the final end time harvest is fulfilled. Now watch. The word tabernacles means holding place or booth. It's where the harvest was kept. Do you hear me? There's coming a time. The reaping is going to end. Your job is to be a reaper. But there's coming a time when the reaping is going to end. Pentecost has always been in the heart of God. People take verses out of Scripture and context. But the Bible discusses this as the new covenant. If you look into the Old Testament, God begins to pour out His Spirit after the Feast of Tabernacles, the holding booth. We've we've brought everything together. We've reaped a harvest. And now there has to be an outpouring. 
Well, what has outpoured? The Holy Spirit. Why does it matter? I've had a lot of people ask me that. Why does it, why does it even matter? The first thing is it's the plan of God. It's not a minute detail. When you begin to discuss the plan of God, it's important to understand that He put this in bold. We need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need the Pentecostal church to stand up all over the country. You know, I'm losing you every step I go. You know how easy it is to come to church and get in the rut of the mundane? Oh, I, I just come to church. You know how easy it is to come to church, sing three songs, get excited about what God's done for two minutes and go home and do our own thing and do whatever we want to do and come back maybe a week or maybe a month later or, or, or maybe six weeks later whenever we feel like it because it, 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 I need you to understand that these three phases were in the heart of God. They were required each time of year. The males, the men, I'm talking to you right now, to go before the Lord. At the beginning of the harvest, at mid-harvest, and at the end, at the outpouring. We're to go before the Lord. Do you know, do you know what that represented? If all the men would go? We, we, we find this in the book of Exodus where, where all the men left. There, were, there was no security. Except for the women. Because the women had to take care of all the children. The men were gone. They had meant to meet with Jesus. Because they were wanting an outpouring. The harvest was over. And all the men would pack up. This was in the plan of God. And they would say, listen, the power of God, the plan of God is more important than my family. Well, I don't like that. Well, that's not natural. It is natural for a man to protect his family. But when God says, I'm going to take you away from your family because I want you to experience an outpouring, what he's saying is you have to rely on me to take care of them. It's easy to say, well, I want what God wants. But are you really willing to do what God wants? Now, I'm going to tell you why. Why is God wanting to pour out His Spirit? Let me ask you a better question. Are you seeing God pour out His Spirit? I'm going to answer it for you. I am not seeing God pour out His Spirit. But He wants to elevate. Now watch when the outpouring occurs. When He elevates Jesus. When all of the men come together, they elevate Jesus because they're saying, you are first and foremost in my life. Thank you for joining us today. If this message has uplifted you, we would love to hear your story. Go to www.renovatelifecog.com and click contact. Your testimonies are a blessing to us throughout the week. Renovate Life is a place of healing for the lost, the broken, the weak, weary, and stray.